0: So today, I am going to continue in a series that we just recently started a couple of weeks back. How many of you have been tuning tuning in? Yeah? Come on. If you have been tuning in? Come on. How many of you have been blessed with this new series that we've been in? Well, listen, I believe that today what I have is strictly God's Word. As a matter of fact, we do that every week because we're not here to give you our opinion. We're here to simply just point you to God's Word. So my hope, my prayer is that you would open your heart, that you would open your mind, that you would say, God, if there's something that you want to say to me today, speak to me. I'm open. I'm listening. Amen? So a couple of weeks back, we started a series called Chasing Lions, and it's based on the lives of some of King David's mightiest men. Uh, David surrounded himself with about 600 men. And of those 600, there were 300 who were exceptionally uh, uh, anointed for war. And, and, and they were like a personal, uh, a personal circle that he kept. And of those 300, there were 30. And of those 30, there were three. And of those three, there, were, there was one. And our, our, the title of our series uh, comes out of uh, a moment in the life of one of these men, a guy named Beniah who went into a lion's territory. He went into the den of a lion. He pursued it there. And he killed it. Um, And the reason why I wanted to name this uh, series Chasing Lions is because many of us are pursuing life, but we're we're not focused on the things of God to the extent that we're actually being pursued by the circumstances of life. And that's not God's will for us. It's not. It's not. So in week one, we learned that we have to face obstacles. We have to be courageous. Now, I'm not talking about you going to just pursue any challenge. I'm talking about you facing and walking through the things that come in direct opposition to what God has for you. The truth. The ways of God. The the wisdom that God has given you. What God has anointed you for. What God has called you to those things that come against that there's only one way to get through them and it's to go through them you got to press through we got we got to face it in week two which was last week we learned that in every challenge and every obstacle there exists an opportunity There's an opportunity for our faith, there's an opportunity to grow, there's an opportunity to discover new things, uh, discover new paths that God is opening to innovate, but we must seize those opportunities. And so today, as we lean towards God, as we open our hearts to the truth in his word, I want to talk to you today on the topic, it takes faithfulness it takes faithfulness. Go ahead and tell somebody it takes faithfulness. Holy moly, what just happened? That was not the same group of people worshiping this morning. Let's, let's try this again. Tell somebody it takes faithfulness. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I know why. You were talking to the person you came with. Go ahead and turn to somebody else. Let them know it takes faithfulness. Listen. A choice... To believe God at his word that you are more than a conqueror, you must realize it is also a choice to remain faithful. It's a choice to remain faithful. That's the path that we are choosing. See, without faithfulness, we cannot endure to the place of victory. We can't. We can't overcome our circumstances. And so today I want to introduce you to another of David's mightiest warriors, a man named Eleazar. And look, I want us to see what can we learn from this man's life. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to start at verse 9, and we're just going to read two verses. Starting at verse 9, it says, Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai the Ahohite." Isn't that interesting, the names, man? Anyway, that's just... That's just me, random thought, disregard, right? As one of the three mighty warriors, David's top three, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at past Damim for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword." The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Now, though his life is summarized briefly in these verses, we have two verses on this guy's life. The sum total of his life is actually revealed through them. I'll tell you why I say that. You know, Eleazar was the second of King David's three mightiest warriors. He was fierce and he was a skilled warrior. But as we see in these verses, his greatest skill was his faithfulness. It was his faithfulness. See, in these verses we see that Eleazar was a man that remained at King David's side even when all Israel retreated. He remained committed to stick it out, to overcome in battle, so much so that he would not let go of his sword at all costs. I don't know about you, but that sounds like faithfulness to me, right? And so like him, we must develop our discipline. Now, at God's side, because believe it or not, you walk with God. He doesn't just walk with you. You walk with God. And so we, we must develop the discipline now in our lives, at God's side, in whatever season we find ourselves in. So that we can win when it counts. You know, Eleazar's life example teaches us a powerful lesson. And I want you to hear me clearly on what I'm about to say. It takes faith to believe in God. But it takes faithfulness to live in his purposes. You need need to read that. You need to write that down. You need to put that on your phone. I don't care if you tweet it. Whatever you do. However you remember it, you must not forget this. Because we are people of faith. But let's be honest. Not everyone walks in faithfulness. And listen, there's no condemnation here. But if the shoe fits, please don't wear it. It is time to change it. It's time to change it. Amen? Listen to what Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 3 says. It says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success. In the sight of God, listen to this, and man. See, it's in all areas of life. And so according to these verses, we cannot have a love for God. We can't profess to have a love for God without faithfulness to him. It doesn't work. See, faith doesn't work without faithfulness. And without faithfulness, we cannot even live in his favor and have good success. It's not because God is withholding it. It's because we can't find it. See, the favor of God, this good success that he promises, is only found by the steadfast and faithful. Why? Because when you are faithful, you're walking in the paths of God. And you will always find the favor of God. And favor will always pursue you wherever you go. You will see the promises of God fulfilled. Now, the reason why I say that is because we can't find this faithfulness when we do not live according to faith. You see, uh, the reason why we can't find it when we don't live with faithfulness is because faithfulness is an act of walking in faith I need you to think about that we got to really chew on that for a moment faithfulness is the act of walking in faith it's faith with legs God I'll follow you oh you know what that portion of scripture that just don't apply to me I'm not feeling that right now I'm not there Okay, let's talk about it. Faithfulness. Let me ask you a question. We should ask ourselves this question for personal reflection. Are you walking in faithfulness? Is there enough evidence from your life? Check this out. From your word. By your actions. Do you keep your commitments? Do we make excuses why I couldn't? Do we follow feelings instead of faithfulness? I mean, come on now. We got to read. I'm I'm talking to the very core of us as believers. You know what the scripture says about the... The word that we declare, when we say I'll do this, the scripture says let your yes be yes and your no, no. The scripture says that we will be held accountable for every word void. Every idle word. You know what it's talking about there? Every word void of truth. If you said it and you said you would do it and you said, Lord, this is, I believe you. Lord, this is what you've called me to, then guess what? We walk it out. Unfortunately, if you're like me, because I've been there, I've been there in that place in my life at one time where I did a lot more talking than I did walking. Right? It's time to walk it out. Amen? Amen. So you see, faithfulness is faith with legs. And it empowers us to walk into, to follow after. To discover the favor and the good success that God has of us for us. So think of it this way on a very practical level. Can you enjoy marriage without faithfulness? <laughs> right? Can you progress in a career without faithfulness? No, right? Can you grow internally? Can you grow in areas of your life without faithfulness? The answer is no. And so here's, 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 here's a thought to consider. What makes us think that faithfulness works in our relationship with God when we're not doing it? It doesn't work, right? And so the truth is that being faithful is to our advantage. It's to your advantage. Listen to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 42. It says, and the Lord said, who then is faithful, who then is the faithful and wise manager? So let's stop right there for a moment. I want you to consider that Jesus is summarizing a parable here, right? He's summarizing a parable. And I want you to see what he's actually doing. He's seeking who's the faithful and the wise manager. So he says, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Now, Pastor Ned just made an interesting statement while she was leading us up to this point. She talked about how God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. See, it's everything that God desires for our lives, every provision, all wisdom, all knowledge, all understanding, all resources, all opportunities, God has already laid them up for you and I. They're available. They're available. They're present. But I want you to consider this. The Lord is seeking faithfulness among his people. He's seeking faithfulness among us. He des- and why? Because he desires to give us our due portion at the proper time, in due season. That is God's will. The scripture says that every good and perfect give comes from the Father of lights. It comes from God. So God is good, but I want you to consider this, that faithfulness is something that God takes seriously. I want you to notice what Jesus says. I just got to stress this point. I want you to notice this. Jesus says, blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Doing what? Being faithful. And you know what's, you know what's the application of faithful? Wisely managing what God has called you to. See, the blessing of God and the release of all All the provision, whether material, spiritual, mental, emotional, in every way, the release of that provision to do what you and I are called to is contingent upon what we do in between the starting point and the breakthrough. See, faithfulness is like a bridge. Unless you cross it. Unless You realize this is the only way I will get to the other side. You'll never get there. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've come across people. There were times where I questioned, is God schizophrenic? I mean that with no disrespect to God. None whatsoever but I can't tell you how many people over the years, maybe you know some of them. Maybe you've, maybe you've been there. I know I've been there at some point eh, earlier on in the early years where God said that I, I'm supposed to do this. And then a week later, God changed his mind and said, no, now do this. And God told me that I'm supposed to do this. No, but you know, it's too cold for that can't do that. Can I go there? Everybody say this with me. Those are online too. I love Pastor Jose. Thank you because I feel better about what I'm about to say. Hey, if we're going to talk about faithfulness, we got to talk about being faithful to the word of God. What does the Word of God say about the body functioning as one? What does the body say? What, what does the Scripture say about the body gathering as one? Man, I'm, you know, I love you, right? I'm just saying, we gotta look to the Word. We gotta look to the Word, right? And look, I'm not into the whole manipulation thing. I, I don't play those games. But I want us to really think about what we're talking about. We're talking about faithfulness. We're talking about we're people of faith. Well, you can't be in faith without walking in faithfulness, right? And so consider what 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says. Listen to what it says. It says, moreover, it is what? Why? Required. Let's say that a little bit louder. Come on, say it for people online to hear it. Required. All right, some of you went like really over the top. (laughs) Moreover, it is required, listen to this, of stewards that they be found faithful. You know what that word steward there is translated as? It's the same word that we saw in Luke chapter 12 where Jesus uses the word manager. Listen, faithfulness is a choice, but it is not optional. I'm going to say that again. Faithfulness is a choice, but it's not optional. Let me tell you why I say that. We have a choice if we will be faithful. I mean, you can choose that, that's a matter of choice. But we must accept what the scriptures reveal. That for you, child of God, the only way is faithfulness. Oh, God, oh, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, then follow him. Let's do it. Right? We have to do it. See, the scriptures clearly show that we are stewards. You know what a steward is? You know what a manager is? You know know what's interesting about the steward, the manager? They're not the owner. And I'm going to tell you why that's a powerful truth to consider. Because for some of us, and again, if the shoe fits, please don't wear it. It's time to change it. But for some of us, we approach life like we own it. Like we are the author and the finisher of our lives. Like we're the potter and what God has given us is clay. And we've got it twisted there. See, maybe that's the reason some of us struggle with faithfulness. The truth is that we are stewards. We are managers of what belongs to God every breath you take, every move you make. Listen. Listen, listen closely. It's God's. It's God's. Isn't it interesting that Jesus said that in that day, when we finally come before him, that there will be some that he will say, watch this, Well done, good and faithful servant. Man, this is good stuff. But listen, what I pray is that it's encouraging your faith. But not just your faith to believe in God, but that it stirs up the gift of faithfulness that God has equipped you with. And so listen, for the next couple of moments that I have, I want to leave you with just some simple keys to living in faithfulness. The first one I want to leave you with is this. It's that the faith to step out is worthless without the faithfulness to stick it out. You need to write that down. You need to to really see this for what it is. The faith to step out. God, I believe you. God, I'm trusting you. God, I'll go where you're leading me. This is what God has told me. And you take a step of faith. And you take a few steps of faith. And that is awesome. But you see, that's not where the journey ends. That's where it begins. And faithfulness is the grit, the tenacity, the commitment, the choice to stick it out. Stick it out. You know, Eleazar was one of David's mightiest warriors. This man believed in God, but he trusted that he was called to King David's side. He trusted that. That he was anointed. To be a man of war at his side. And so as such, Eleazar not only had faith that God had called him to David's side in battle. He operated in faithfulness because of it. He stuck it out. When things got hot and heavy. When the battle was at its fiercest point. The scripture says that everyone in Israel left David. They're facing a contingent of the Philistine army. I am ma- and, and I'm, I'm sure it wasn't two or three guys. They're facing a massive group of men coming towards them that are bent on killing them. And all Israel runs. But you see, David had all that he needed. Listen why. He had a man that was faithful next to him. Faithful. So faithful was Eleazar that he would not let go of his sword. When the scripture says that his hand froze to the sword, I imagine that this man was holding on to his sword with every ounce of strength that he could muster. So much so that maybe his muscles just locked up. But you see, that's just an indication of his faithfulness. This guy decided, I will fight to the death if I have to. To do what God anointed me to do. I'm called to your side, King David. Let's go. Let's go. See, that's powerful because it shows us that faith isn't just about stepping out, it's about sticking it out. The people of Israel were people whose lives held great promise. They were handpicked by God and they were destined for greatness. But you see, that didn't absolve them of their responsibility to get there. What do I mean by that? Listen to Deuteronomy 5:32 and 33. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that, your, that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. See, God wants you to get to the other side. God wants us to walk in the good things that he destined us for. God wants you to fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. God wants you to take possession of every promise that he's giving you along the way. But you got to see this you got to stick it out. And if you're going to stick it out, you can't turn to the right or to the left. you got to lock in in obedience to all that God has commanded. See, that's faithfulness in action. See, when you look to the right or to the left, you know what we're actually doing? You know why we look to the right and to the left? Because we're seeking alternatives to what God told us. Don't do that. If God told you, if God's word says, this is what I'm calling you to do. Listen, don't even let the person that you see in front of you deter you from doing it. I'm going to tell you why. Because it has nothing to do with them. It ha- that's between you and God. And if God's Word, if God has instructed you, if the Holy Spirit has given you wisdom and revelation, you see it in the Word, it's confirmed, you have peace about it, you've sought God in prayer, and you take steps. It doesn't matter if someone does their part or does it. It's up to you to remain faithful. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Believing in God doesn't make you faithful. Reading the Bible doesn't make you faithful. Or to contribute to it. Listen, going to church doesn't make us faithful. Doing what God has told you and not seeking any other option is faithfulness. Faithfulness. I don't have time, but let me tell you, there are many among you that I can, I, can, I can testify to the fact that they are faithful. You have no idea the sacrifices that some people make here. And I'm not even talking about me, Pastor, and that. I'm not even talking about us. I'm talking about many people here that come here with the right heart and serve and love and uplift and they lay it all down and you'd never know it. Those are the giants of faith. Don't be fooled by the people you see on pulpits. Don't let this, don't let me in any way ever get get in in your purview, your perspective, is something impressive. No, 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 no. No. You know what's the most impressive thing in the kingdom of God? Faithfulness. Those are the champions. Yeah. Next thing I want to leave you with here is that faithfulness is doing your part in the natural and knowing that God is doing the super. Let me say that again. Faithfulness is doing your part in the natural and knowing that God is doing and knowing that God is doing the super. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Aliazar's anointing as one of David's mighty men equipped him for battle. He was anointed for it. This man was a man that was equipped and anointed by God to lead in war. Right? To charge in the battle, to lead by example. But you see, what good is it to be anointed and know your purpose if you never walk in it? See, God isn't calling you and I to do his part. God is calling you and I to do our part. Our part. Let me share, you know, I remember years ago we when we first moved up here we were living in New Windsor and we started going to a very large church in Middletown um we loved the ministry and uh we were commuting and uh I gotta tell you it was hard it was hard but our kids were excited about being in church we were excited about the teaching about the fellowship about the environment and everything that was happening in those days and And uh, we would make sacrifices. There were times where we would drive straight up from the city, pick up anything we could get to eat on the way and get to church. And in addition to that, we would serve. Weekend, week out. We did whatever we could. Why? Not just because the opportunity was there, but because we felt we were where we were supposed to be and we were called to do what we were doing. Well, you know, after a while of commuting, you know, that, that does wear and tear on you. But we would continue to press through. But something started stirring first in my wife's heart. And... uh You got to understand, <laughs> excuse me, you got to understand that we were, we were, um, we loved where we were serving. We loved what we were doing. Um, we loved the ministry. We, our entire lives were here. And there began a stirring in my wife's heart, and she began to kind of share with me, "Hun, I really feel that God is leading us to ministry. And I was like, nah. Right. Well, that kept on for a couple of months here and there. We would talk about it and then one day my wife calls me. She's at work. I'm at work. And she says, "Hun, I feel to send an email to the pastor, the youth department where we were serving and to express my heart about ministry. What she didn't know is that when she sent that email, they were in a uh, pastor's meeting and the youth pastor was talking about his need for more support. And Pastor Annette's name came up. And he says, no, nah, man, she works in the city. That family, they make great money. Why would they come here and take a pay cut? Why would she come here? So when he called her, my wife said, "Hun, I really do believe this is an open door from God. And I said, "Hun, do it. She took a massive pay cut God provided. I simultaneously was going through my own process because I had risen to the executive level of, in the career that I was in. And, you know, from a financial standpoint, it was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I could have literally still been doing that job in cruising because it was such a well-run machine. I had great staff, um, built something amazing. But it wasn't my purpose. So in the midst of that, I started to talk to God. And these are things that I wasn't even sharing with my wife at the time. Because she was going to tell me, see, it's ministry. <laughs> so I just kept talking to the Lord. And on one of those mornings, I would usually do this in the train, because two hours or so to get down to the city. Early in the morning, I was just bare my heart on. I said, Lord, my family's upstate. My church is upstate what excites me to upstate, my home, my life is is all up there. And I said, Lord, and and I feel conflicted. What do I do? And I said, but Lord, I'm going to continue to do and take the opportunity that you've given me until you show me different. Well, little did I know, because my practice was I would pray and then after that I would read my word for the remainder of my time. Um... I was reading the book of Isaiah, and I come across Isaiah 6. You know, you're probably familiar with it, some of you, where the Scripture says that Isaiah gets this vision of the Lord, and the Lord says, whom shall I send? And Isaiah says, Lord, send me. And at that moment, it was more than words for me. I caught a glimpse of something. I saw this. I saw ministry. I saw people. I saw community involvement. I saw so much. And I accepted what I had been neglecting for a long time. I said, Lord, I get it. It's ministry. Well, let me tell you, I thought it would be years later. Four months later, pastor of the church that we were at reaches out and He invites us out to dinner. We end up going out to dinner. And he pulled out one straight out of the movie, The Godfather. He comes with an envelope. We have dinner, great time talking, getting to know each other a little bit more. And he pulls out this manila envelope and he says, I have an offer for you. He says, you're my next youth pastor. And he says, this is the salary compensation package that we've drawn up for you. These are your benefits. When can you start? And let me tell you at that moment, I did not look to an alternative. I did not look to the pay cut that I was taking. I did not look to the questions on how are we going to make it. You know what I did? I said, Lord, you said it. I believe it. Sir, give me one month and we will start. I'll start. Well, listen. That opened doors of provision, of overflow. And listen, the the numbers didn't make sense, but you don't need sense when you have a word from God and you're walking in faithfulness. (laughs) We're running out of time here, so I'm going to leave you with our last point. And it's this. It's that when faithfulness is lacking... Failure is inevitable. I'm going to say that again. When faithfulness is lacking, failure is inevitable. You know, Eleazar was faced with what appeared to be insurmountable odds. All the men of Israel are running in the opposite direction. They're all going backwards. And it's just him and David. But you see, Eleazar believed that he was exactly where God wanted him. I'm anointed for war, I'm in my calling. I can't move from this place. This is what I'm built to do. This is what God has shown me is my purpose. And so he made the choice to be faithful by sticking with his anointing and trusting that God would do what he couldn't while he applied himself to what he could, to what he was anointed to. He held on to that sword and he ran towards the obstacle instead of from it. This is one of the key ingredients if you and I are to ever overcome the obstacles that get in the way of what God has called us to, what his word instructs us to, what he But he's shown you for your life. It's remaining faithful. Now I'll tell you why I make this point about failure being inevitable when we're not faithful. Because on the flip side of this, while Eleazar was running, was standing in victory at the end of this battle with David, the rest of Israel, they, they enjoyed the victory, the benefits of it. But they didn't reap that victory. Let me tell you why. Because all that was left for them was the dead on the ground that they were told, you stripped the dead. Can I tell you, you were not created to play with dead things. To try to pull life from something that's lifeless. No. You were created to walk in faithfulness and reap the good, to see the good of the goodness of God in the land of the living. Let's stand here today as we come to a close. See, as you remain faithful, here's God's promise. Not only will you discover what I have for you, not only will my wisdom and my purposes and the details to the plan become evident to you. When you walk in faithfulness, you will get to the other side. You will reap every promise of God. You will enjoy your gifting, your calling. It won't be a burden. It won't be a weight. Amen.